0: Now, for those of you who follow my personal social media pages, you know that I mentioned a while back that I had a big announcement that I was going to be making. Well, yesterday I officially went public with it, and I am happy to announce here on the Boochcast that Fest is returning. And it is coming to the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia, located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. The show will be taking place on November 3rd at 8 p.m. and that will be the first of many shows that will be taking place on a bi-weekly basis, which means starting November 3rd, every other Thursday, there will be a comedy showcase at the Anchor Bar. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time time all comedy acts no matter how long they've been performing are welcome to be in this show so come on down for a great night of comedy as the booch is taking over Kennesaw and on December 10th Combat Pro Wrestling presents Seasons Beatings at Eastside High School, located at 1300 Brushy Creek Drive, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. Again, that address is 1300 Brushy Creek Road, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. I, of course, will be the ring announcer for this event, and the show will be featuring special guest general manager, WWE Hall of Famer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Also scheduled to appear are... The Cowboy James Storm. The Legendary Barbarian. The Greater Good Garrett Sinclair. Forever Young Devin Cruz. From AEW Griff Garrison. The Russian Wolf Neil Koloff. From Tosh.0 Dave Wills. It's still real to me, damn it! The All American Blue Chipper Chase Emery. Buckshot Brian Brock. NWA Tag Team Champions and NWA United States Tag Team Champions. The Heat Seekers. Born Scum Chase Lovelace. Stan The Man Lee. From AEW Dark and Friday Night SmackDown. Marcus Cross. Outlaw Randy Wayne. From AEW Dark. The Brolic. Tyson Maddox. The Gimmick Destroyer, Dave Stage, and many, many more stars. Be sure to follow them on social media via Facebook at Combat Pro Wrestling, Twitter at Real Combat Pro, and on Instagram at Combat underscore Pro underscore Wrestling to find out more information on superstars that will be added and when the tickets will be on sale. I am so excited to be part of this show. I look forward to ring announcing, and I also look forward to seeing all of you in Taylor, South Carolina, as we do a benefit show for the Eastside High School Weightlifting Department. So come on out for a great show, and let's help the students of Eastside High make some motherfucking... Kaaayyyy! What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are back again with the NFL football talk. And of course, you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I cannot in good conscience uh, analyze football without one of the best, if not the best, football analysts on the planet. And that is, of course, a good friend of mine, the NFL Exporter. He's got a big, big show coming up. Actually, at the time you listening to this, it's taking place tonight at Foley Warehouse, the big Falcons game. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, the NFL Exporter, Mr. Lamb. That's good, man.
1: Lance, welcome back. Man, Benny, thank you so much for having me. How's everything going? Uh Going
0: great, man. Uh, Dealing with everything. I'm blessed and heavily medicated right now. And I, and I mean that in a medical way, not a crazy way. Just, uh, you know. <laughs> hey,
1: try- hey, hey, Benny, you know that the, the, the day and age that we live in now, anything goes. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're okay.
0: Exactly. It's it's more of a, uh, it's more cough drops and inhalers. That's all I'm doing here. It's, <laughs> I just realized after I said heavily medicated, like, oh, crap. I don't want people to think I'm on drugs. <laughs> Uh, I'm just getting through the change of the seasons man That's all it is (laughs) Understandable, gotta stay on top of these things Oh yeah, absolutely, especially because I want to make it out to this uh, Football thing tonight, Uh, so real quick Before we get into the football stuff, uh, real quick What can people expect and uh, what's all the Information you know about the the show coming on tonight
1: Yeah, sure, so uh, you want to come down To Falling Warehouse, the address is 1356 English Street Northwest, Atlanta 30318, Uh, to find the information uh, You can just go to the Instagram Page, the handle is at U-F-C-A-T-L. If you're here on Facebook, it's Facebook forward slash NFL exporter. The name would be Lance Goodman, and this is a free Rise Up watch party. If you're here in Atlanta, if you're not going to the game in Charlotte, uh, we've seen a very exciting, uh, thrilling game two weeks ago between the Falcons and Panthers. The Falcons able to pull it out in overtime. Those two teams playing again tonight, uh, so doors open at 7 p.m. We'll have the Falcons and Panthers game on over 42 This is a free event, so people, please come out, support the Atlanta Falcons, come out, rise up, have a great time. There'll be music, there'll be food, there'll be drink specials, there'll be a lot of great activities going on, and you'll be able to check out me and also my man Benny Bushi will be in the house representing. So it's going to be a really fun and exciting time. Again, we want football fans uh, to come out and have a great time. Um, If you're a Carolina Panthers fan, if you're just a football fan in general, if you're someone just looking to come out to a free Party and have a really good time uh, with people here in the city. This is the place that you want to be, and we're very excited uh, about that, Benny.
0: Absolutely, and I've and I've been to the last two, and they've been fantastic. So I can I can definitely endorse this is a fun place you guys want to be at. And the best part is, um, it, it's one of those things where like it doesn't matter what fan of a team you are, everybody sits down, everybody gets along. Uh, you know, passions don't run too high. Everybody just has a great time. So it's definitely a place you want to check out. And uh, so um, in the spirit of that, uh, Lance, um, what were the highlights for? Uh, this past week. Week 9 was a little crazy, so what uh, what went down?
1: Yeah, man, I, I tell you, and this is the interesting thing, Vinny, we have gotten to the point in the season where things are pretty much what they are. You know, unlike uh, years ago, maybe 20 years ago, 15, heck, maybe even 10 years ago, we've had a shift in what's happening in the preseason and it's really affecting uh, the regular season. You know, uh, growing up, Vinny, uh, for me, uh, I'm pretty sure the same for you. When it came to the preseason NFL football games, Um, The starters for each team, they would play maybe one series, the first game, uh, first preseason game, the second preseason game, they play one quarter, the third preseason game, they would play the entire half. And then the fourth game, preseason game, before the season started, all the starters would sit out, get some rest, and that would be a time for coaches to evaluate rookie. Well, you fast forward to 2022, and that has completely changed. Um, There are less padded practices, uh, meaning guys being able to get physical with each other, in the preseason and then now we have three preseason games as opposed to four and so to try to save players from getting injured a a lot of teams don't play their starters in the preseason at all Um, they use that time to evaluate rookies and it really causes a learning curve so to speak the first couple weeks of the season Vinny, where um, a lot of the teams especially on offense it takes them about a month to really get things going because they didn't play in the preseason and so those first four season games, uh, Vinny really end up kind of being those guys preseason games. And it's really taking a toll on, I think the, the, the polished product that we're seeing on the field. So I just wanted to kind of pretense that by saying, you know, some of the surprising things we've seen over the weekend, you know, last year the Los Angeles Rams were a team that won the Super Bowl. Uh, they have completely, uh, lost their mojo and are a different team right now sitting at three and six. Um, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Uh, their defense is still playing well enough for them to win football games but their offense is just horrible they're a team that has been truly affected by injuries on the offensive line and just losing players so uh that was a very interesting game tampa bay didn't look any more impressive benny they were able to find a way to win that game but i think that's one of the things that is surprising and nfl fans are uh realities kind of setting in that you know two teams the rams and the buccaneers who were expected to be super bowl contenders this year neither one of them have running records neither one of those teams look anywhere uh like they did uh last year so that that is very surprising right now but that is the true reality of the situation here in atlanta uh i think fans um man uh had to see a situation play out that they become far too accustomed to seeing you know the Falcons and the Chargers was a very very good game it was a game that the Falcons had an opportunity to win but let it slip away and I think that's something that you know this Falcons fan base um unfortunately has grown accustomed to now I will say it's a positive that Atlanta is where they are right now um in the season with the four and five record I think for uh, Atlanta fans and even me as an analysts, they're doing better than expected, but they seem like one of the many teams in the NFL who have a hard time uh, being able to close the deal and win close games, and that's something that's very important because the NFL is truly a league that's about to be in a matter of inches. Uh, When we flip the coin on that, Benny, uh, we've got a two-sided coin here, and it applies to both of the situations I talked about. Uh, We'll start with Detroit and Green Bay. Detroit is another one of those teams, like the Atlanta Falcons, that has become uh, uh, prone to letting close games slip away. And this week at home, they were able to finally close the deal and win a very close game. On the flip side of that coin, it came against the Green Bay Pack. And I wanted to kind of tie that into what we talked about initially with Tampa Bay and the Rams. The Green Bay Packers are another team that came into the season as a consensus Super Bowl uh, contender. And they are a team right now that really uh, is struggling and looks nowhere like the team that we've seen last last year. They lost in Detroit. And for me, the indirect beauty of that situation that I like to hear from you, Vinny, is, you know, throughout the course of the season, the narrative coming out of Green Bay has really been about uh, it's everybody else's fault. Aaron Rodgers has pointed the finger and blamed everybody else for Green Bay's struggles. And that's something to me that shows he's not a good leader. Uh, he does not exhibit good leadership quality. Uh, when you look at the landscape of that Green Bay Packers team, especially for people who uh, cl- closely watch football, you understand that, you know, when you see a wide receiver like Devonta Adams leave away from the Green Bay Packers, the Packers realize in the preseason that their young rookie and young wide receivers are struggling for whatever reason. Uh, I'm looking for Aaron Rodgers to put in extra work with those guys, whether it was coming to mini camp early, whether it was coming to training camp early, whether it was having you hear that something common, you know, uh, quarterbacks or certain units uh, on, the, on the team, you know, they they may go on vacation somewhere together during the pre- preseason just to just to bond you know just to get some brotherhood to to get some practice in, and that didn't take place in Green Bay you know I think it's really uh calling out their entire organization uh their head coach Matt, La, uh, Matt LaFleur when you know that your wide receivers aren't good why aren't you able to run the football They have two very talented running backs in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Uh, I don't know if they can't run the football or they're not making enough effort. But long story short, it was an embarrassing loss for Green Bay. They've lost five straight games uh, to teams, especially when you think about the Washington Commanders, the Detroit Lions, you know, the New York Jets, the New York Giants. These were teams that last year they would have blown away. So the impact of Devonta Adams not being there and Aaron Rodgers this week, you know, the, the Roosters finally came home to crow you know what happened was he threw three interceptions Vinny. there was nobody else to point the finger at there was no he couldn't blame other players he couldn't blame uh other guys dropping the football you know he had to finally fall on the sword and he still did not do that all the way you know the first things that should have been coming out of his mouth were i threw three interceptions today i played bad i am the one that let our team down and all you heard coming out of aaron Rodgers' mouth is we have to do better we have to do better and so you know that those were some games that stood out and were alarming there'll be some other ones we get into I certainly like we would like to uh you know uh, allow for you to to chime in as well but those were some of the things that were alarming off the top of my head Vinny were teams like Atlanta and Detroit who constantly stay in close matchups the Falcons unfortunately couldn't pull one out this week Detroit found a way to. and then when you look at Tampa Bay the Rams and Green Bay teams all three of those teams last year uh were either in the divisional round or NFC championship game we talk about the Rams they won the Super Bowl all three of those teams Vinny right now are in danger of not even making a playoff so that that's something that's very shocking but that is the true reality uh, of where we are uh where what, what do you think about those situations Vinny did, did any of those games any of those teams any of those situations kind of stick out to you
0: yeah like I was I was shocked at the 180 change on all of them and I definitely agree with um what you said about Aaron Rodgers like the fact that he's not taking any accountability is the problem like obviously you know if you're the leader if you're the the boss if you're something the portion of the blame goes to you now I do believe at the same time there's a balance like there might be some cases where Aaron's like okay this person should have did their job this person should did their job but you can say that the team needs to improve but at some point if you're the quarterback if you're the leader you also got to put it back on you like look we need to work on over here we need to work on over here clearly there's something I need to fix like that would have been a better way to handle it and I know this is a weird abstract example but I use weird abstract examples all the time to just to illustrate a point I'm trying to make like and the it's like on the it's like on The Apprentice when they would have like teams against each other. Whenever a team would lose and they were up for elimination or whatever, whoever the project manager was for that team was automatically, no questions asked, up for elimination. Because they believe you were the boss, you were in charge, it failed, it's on you. But to be fair, they would have the project manager pick two people that the project manager felt, okay, who do you feel dropped the ball, in your opinion? And then those three people would go up to see the host and that they would plead their case. And then that person would decide. Who's getting fired? Who's out the door? So the per- so Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback should take the blame. Uh, like like I'd say 50% of the blame goes to him. The other half he can divvy up amongst people he he feels personally have dropped the ball. So I definitely believe there's a balance there that needs to be made. But Aaron's Aaron's not doing his part in taking the blame, and I agree with that 100%. And and as far as Tampa Bay goes, I don't know what's going on with them. I know, and I knew the game wasn't going well when I saw the highlights and I looked at then all they talked about was Tom Brady becoming the first player to do 100,000 career pass yards. I'm like, if that's the big highlight of the game, it didn't go well. Um, although, the Rams, I, I saw them try, but what made me laugh the hardest about the Rams was when they were, when, at the end of the game when they were just like passing the ball to each other, it kind of reminded me of that scene in The Longest Yard, um, the, and I'm talking about the Adam Sandler version, where they're where they're just, where they're like, where Adam says hey, you guys remember that game? We Remember that play we practiced in the mud? And it's like, man, that was just some schoolyard bullshit. He goes, yeah, let's do some Schoolyard bullshit, and they're passing the ball and doing all this other stuff. It kind of felt like that. I don't know if you noticed that, but it kind of like literally they're just tossing the ball, going over here, literally tr- playing keep away with the football, trying to score. But of course, that, that didn't happen. Of course, ultimately, that didn't happen. But yeah, but overall, like I said, there, there's definitely change that need to be made. And I definitely agree with you. Aaron Rodgers should have should, put some blame on himself. And I'm disappointed that he hasn't.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, let's face it, I mean, the guy's getting $50 million a year. You're the face of the franchise, you're the one. Uh, that, I mean, in this particular case, like I said, you lose an all-pro wide receiver. You know, back in April, you know, back in March, you know, you, you know months before the season starts that, that that's happened. And so as the franchise quarterback, as the face of the quarter, uh, face of the franchise, as, you know, a guy who has established success consistently in his league, you, you know, you, you have to take some accountability. I mean, he, he didn't play in any preseason game. You're hearing rumblings coming out of Green Bay uh, early on that their receivers are having trouble making adjustments, which let's face it, they're rookies for a reason. These guys were playing in college last year. So when you know these things, like you said, Vinny, it is a collective uh, failure at this point. The coaching staff understood that the offense would have to change without Devonta Adams. You didn't see that being made. And just in regards to this week, more than anything for me, because I will be the first to admit, and like you said, Vinny, there's more than enough blame to go around. Green Bay's defense is not playing as expected. Green Bay is not running the football effectively for whatever reason. Uh, but the biggest thing is there were a lot of justifiable things in past weeks that Aaron Rodgers could point to: receivers dropping the football, receivers not being where they're supposed to. This week in particular, there is no way to escape. You are the reason that they lost. And it just would have been nice to hear him come out and say, you know, the first thing at least is me. Okay. The defense held Detroit to 15 points. It was me that underthrew a wide open guy in the end zone. It was was me that threw another interception that bounced off a player's head. It was me who did. So you, you just, you know, uh, it just makes you wonder uh, about his leadership. And it's something that you've heard in the past may not be the best, but at the same token, it's kind of like it comes with the territory, Vinny, when you are an NFL quarterback, which puts you automatically as the face of the franchise, there's a certain amount of responsibility that comes with that position. And unfortunately, uh, these players are human beings and not every single quarterback is capable of being the best leader. So we'll see how things play out. But this week in particular just really rubbed me the wrong way because that loss was on his shoulders and he did not, as the leader of that team, come out and, and do that. And I think those are things that behind the scenes in the locker room that are not playing well and why you see the team overall um having struggled. I'll just go ahead and run through the rest of the games, Vinny. And like I said, this is important right now because we're at a point in the season to where, yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, every team maybe, you know, has another week or two where they play better better. better than expected or have a great game but we've reached a point to the season where things are what they are you should not expect to see too much more change in terms of we know what teams are good we know what teams are bad we know what teams have a shot or in the thick of things so as we run through those games that's how we'll preface things Vinny we've seen on Thursday night the Philadelphia Eagles remain undefeated they knocked off the Houston Texans uh we know the Texans season is over not much was expected for them I think they definitely have some nice pieces to build around Uh, but we knew that uh, first year head coach Lovey Smith was gonna have his hands full. And let's face it, the Texans, they're just a team, they lack talent. That like that's all it is. Like they they come out weekly, they play hard. I definitely see that new head coach Lovey Smith has come over there and changed the culture, but they simply don't have the talent. Their starting quarterback is like a six-round draft pick from a second year ago. They don't have any wide receivers who uh pose any real threat. You know, they only have really one solid weapon on offense. Their rookie running back, Damian Pierce is definitely a bright spot. They certainly sure Certainly can build around that, and their defense is good. But again, when you have a defense that has an offense that can't manufacture points, then at the end of the day, then the levy is going to break. So Houston is a team that I certainly think uh, has some good things going for them, and they can build around in the future. But their situation is playing out how we expected. As for Philadelphia, still the only undefeated team in the NFL, got a big game coming up this week on Monday night against the Washington Commanders. That'll be an exciting game to watch. But Philadelphia playing lights out right now. Offense continuing to roll with quarterback Jalen Hurts, who's an early NFL MVP candidate. Uh, they're a team that can get it done in a multitude of ways, and they're playing complete team football, unlike you mentioned in Green Bay. Uh, this is a team where everybody is holding themselves accountable. Everybody's rising to the occasion, and everybody is making this thing happen for Philadelphia. You know, we touched on the Chargers and Falcons for the Chargers. Look, they are who they are. Uh, they're a team who's their own worst enemy, and even though they were able to pull off a tough road victory, I do not right now have the char- Chargers as one of the top teams in the AFC despite their five and three record they still struggle with bad decision making and again they're their own worst enemy they're one of the teams in the NFL that has name wise one of the best rosters but you don't see it play out on the football field to me their head coach Brandon Staley does not bring out the best or the maximum potential in that team so yes the Chargers were able to get a tough victory on the roll games in the NFL are difficult to win but I wasn't impressed to tell you honest truth now I will say the Chargers did play without their top two receivers and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, the Chargers, like many teams in the NFL, are struggling with injuries. But again, I've seen that story too many times. If I'm a Chargers fan, I'd be happy to get a win, but I certainly am not feeling confident that my team right now can compete with the top teams in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens. As for the Falcons, like I said, right now to be nine games into the season, to have a four and five record, to have an opportunity this uh, tonight against Carolina to even even things out at five and five before going into a bye week. I think the Falcons are in great position. The NFC is really gritty and grimy right now. And the Falcons are right in the thick of things. And again, based on their talent, I think we all know their quarterback situation is one at some point that's going to have to improve. Marcus Mariota doing the best that he can. They're really thin at wide receiver. You know, uh, rookie London Drake is learning the ropes. It takes time to get acclimated to the NFL. I think tight end Kyle Pitts continues to be a disappointment, has some drops this past week he's super talented, has all the athleticism, size, skill, speed, etc. But the maximum potential in him still needs to come out. It was a big shot in the arm for the Falcons to get running back Cordero Patterson back in the mix. And the Falcons defense, and particularly at home, plays really well. So again, if I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, I would be much more encouraged uh, and, and feeling good about my team to just know, you know what, week to week, for the most part, we are competitive. We're not getting blown off the football field. We're not getting embarrassed. I think if you're a true Falcons fan and you put your heart Heart to decide and you just look at this thing from a pure football standpoint I think you have to say at this point the Falcons have done uh, as well as they possibly can with what they're working with on their roster when we move on to the Dolphins and Bears encouraging things here for both teams although the Bears lost when you look at Miami right now a team at six and three are starting to become very dangerous in the AFC the big question mark for me is on the defensive side of the football on offense to a tongue of a low at quarterback delivering the goods Tyreek Hill right now on pace to shadow. The NFL receiving record, Jalen Waddell, their other wide receiver, they've got big time playmakers. This Miami offense is clicking on all cylinders. But the big question I asked, and we talked about in the preseason, Vinny, was losing head coach Brian Flores, who was a defensive minded guy. Would that loss cause Miami's defense to fall back some? And it certainly has. Uh, giving up 32 points to the Bears as something that this Miami defense would not have done last year under Brian Flores. A couple weeks ago, giving up 42 points to the New York Jets is something that Brian Flores and his defense wouldn't do so that's my big question mark for Miami right now Vinny is not the offense these guys can score with the best of them but their defense has taken some major steps back and with all the name power they have over there that's a big issue but we see that happen a lot when a team loses a coordinator it certainly can have an effect and it's happening in Miami as for the Bears the biggest sign of encouragement that football fans myself included I'm not a Bears fan but I'm a football fan the improvements we're seeing from quarterbacks. Second-year quarterback Justin Fields and that Bears offense. You know when Fields came in last year as a rookie, Vinny, it looked like a JV high school team. I mean, they—they they, this guy was coming out in the NFL, going for 84 yards, 110 yards. They're getting blown away every week. Uh, it started that way this season, but they were able to go out to New England two weeks ago, pull off a major upset on Monday Night Football against the Patriots, and we've seen Justin Fields and that offense take steps in the right direction to where two weeks later which was our game this past Sunday, Justin Fields uh, set an NFL record. 178 rushing yards It's the second most rushing yards ever in an NFL game accounted for four total touchdowns that become the first player in NFL history to do that. Uh, The Bears went out this week before the deadline. I should say last week before the deadline, picked up Chase Claypool at wide receiver. And so if you're a Chicago Bears fan right now, I don't even think you're really overly concerned with winning losses. You are just, ecstatic you are just so happy and encouraged to know when you see your team play on a weekly basis the offense won't look like a little league football team that these guys can actually come out and compete in Justin Fields as we know Vinny a lot of these teams go out they get a young quarterback and that's what the franchise is looking to build around if you talked to us this time last year Vinny we all were cringing and and really just wondering if Justin Fields would even be make it as an NFL quarterback this. This year the last three weeks he's turned a corner. Very encouraged to see that. You move on to the Panthers and Bengals. The Panther season is over. Uh, just too much to overcome. You know they fired their head coach a couple years ago. They start releasing assets when they traded their All-Pro running back Christian McCaffrey. They traded their wide receiver Robbie Anderson. They have an interim head coach. So you know that the locker room from the time that those movements started to happen probably unstable. You know uh, guys wondering if they're going to be there next year because often when you have a coaching change that also means that there's changes to the roster. So they're another team, just talent-wise. They don't have it. Uh, their defense is good. Uh, their offense can't sustain. They ran into a bus all this week. The Cincinnati Bengals are a team. that, as long as they don't have any more major injuries right now, Benny, they're playing without their uh, top-wide receiver and one of the best in the business in Jamar Chase. As long as they don't suffer any more injuries, you can expect Cincinnati is a good enough team that they'll be in the wild-card hunt. They'll have some opportunities with some head-to-head games against the Ravens and others to try to get in the playoffs i think right now for cincinnati your biggest question mark is their offensive line that is the biggest question mark with them uh, but they're a talented enough team that we would expect for them to be back in the playoffs and if not very close to doing so we touched on the packers and lions game both of those teams slim hopes of making the playoffs green bay obviously the elephant in the room with the developments that have happened there the indianapolis colts it's a wrap uh, they're done you can go ahead and put them in the dumpster for the year things simply didn't work out Vinny. they have been looking for a franchise quarterback since losing. Andrew Luck uh, a couple years ago. It was Phillip Rivers for a couple seasons. It was Jacoby Brissett This year, they tried to bring Matt Ryan from the Atlanta Falcons, and it just schematic. It didn't you know work out. Uh, they were a team that was supposed to be running the football effectively. Jonathan Taylor led the NFL in rushing yards last year, um, and so they're a team that was supposed to be focused on the run first and a tough defense, and Matt Ryan was supposed to be uh, a game manager, a guy who can thrive and play action, and then all also a guy who could protect the football and their offensive line played so bad they're another team just offensively didn't have the talent um and so a lot of changes they fired their head coach a couple days ago they fired about three coordinators uh within the last couple weeks their top player jonathan taylor so it's a mess long story short go ahead and put the put the lights out for the coach this year after the patriots i think as expected we know that bill belichick's gonna run a tight discipline ship and just the lack of mistakes and the preparation that the patriots bring to the table often allows them to win in close games because they don't have self-inflicted wounds. They are prepared. They do come out and do what they're supposed to. And so, you know, the Patriots are not one of the top teams in the AFC, but they are certainly in the thick of things. Who are the top teams in the uh, AFC right now? We just seen the New York Jets pull off a major upset against the Buffalo Bills, and the Jets right now at six and three. That was a huge win for them, Vinny. Their second-year coach Robert salah He's a guy who came over, and that locker room has bought into him. He was a defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers you like to see that when a team hires a coordinator you expect for that side of the football to get better and that's what you've seen happen this New York Jets defense is one of the best units in the NFL offensively they have their limitations but that was a good victory for a young football team a huge boat of confidence a win like that against the Buffalo Bills who came into this season as the prohibited Super Bowl favorite when you took a general consensus so to get it for a young team to get a win like that a young head coach to get a win like that that does a lot for your locker room in terms of uh guys really buying in guys working hard in practice guys having each other's back and so the jets are a team at this point Vinny, that we can't overlook anymore their six and three record is legit they've beaten good teams and they're playing a good brand of football i think if you're a new york jets man like we talked about chicago and you look at where the jets are compared to a year ago you've got to be ecstatic you can see that this defense is going to be good for a long time and now. They need to get things built on the offensive side of the football. As for the Buffalo Bills, this was troublesome to me. I think it should have been troublesome to Bills fans. And it's just a bad trend we've seen with Buffalo, which is they're too pass-centric. They're too Josh Allen-centric. Don't get me wrong. Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, makes perfect sense that Buffalo runs the offense solely through him and his arm. But when we've seen the Bills lose, it's in the same way. They're unable to run the football, and it makes them an unbound. Balance. And against certain teams, that formula of passing 45, 50 times a game, it just doesn't work. Certain teams have the personnel to match up. The Jets were able to get a lot of pressure on Josh Allen without being able to run the football. You just find yourself being too one dimensional. And like I said, you know, against Pittsburgh, against Green Bay, against some of the worst teams in the NFL, yeah, that's going to work. But against certain teams, you want to switch it up. You want to have some diversity. So if you can't run the football, the majority of teams in the NFL, if you get too one dimensional against, the teams that have the players that can match up, you'll find yourself in a situation like Buffalo really struggled to run the football uh, all day long. And then defensively, they missed some guys, but their defense weren't as tight. So Buffalo is still one of the top contenders. The big news coming out of that game is quarterback Josh Allen injured his elbow and his status for this week's game against Minnesota is up in the air. And so that's something I think more than anything, Bills and NFL fans are going to pay attention to. When we look at the Vikings and commanders, uh, the Vikings find, are continuing to find ways to win close football games. That's something they struggled with a year ago. Their defense is vastly improved. That's the biggest thing that I'm seeing, Vinny, that's going to help the Vikings sustain with a very talented offense. They made a big splash last week going out and picking up TJ Hawkinson from the Detroit Lions. As for the commanders, they're right in the thick of things. Big game this week on Monday Night Football against Philadelphia, but they started one and three, were able to win three in a row. So they're a team that's trying to turn the corner, but we know there's certain limitations there. The Raiders and Jaguars, we don't expect to see either one of those teams in the playoffs this year. The big uh, downer is the Raiders. With all the talent they have on their team, for them to be 2-6 and right now, or whatever their their record is, with no shot at making the playoffs right now, they're a huge, huge disappointment. And I would say their locker room is the opposite of that Jets locker room, Vinny. Guys probably didn't come to practice this week. Too enthused, too exuberated. You know, it's probably quiet. It's tough when you know that your team, your season is kind of already over. You're looking at the next seven weeks and with every loss, with every frustration, with every mistake, it just compounds more. So uh, both of those teams, not much to, to not don't have much going on this season. Uh, I think the Jaguars have a little more life and you would expect that from a young team. Uh, The surprise team this year by far has got to be the Seattle Seahawks. We're able to go out and get a uh, tough road victory um, uh, playing at the Arizona Cardinals, a team who was more desperate and needed that win more. Quarterback Geno Smith has got to be the full field good story of the year. has got to be right now the comeback player of the year playing lights out. Seattle is a team, Benny, I'm telling you right now. Philadelphia, Dallas, the 49ers, the Vikings, those are the teams that are at the top of the NFC. But if this Seattle Seahawks team that has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at wide receiver, rookie running back Kenneth Murray, the third, Ken, excuse me, Kenneth Walker, the third, already uh, one of the best running backs this year in the NFL, their defense is getting better. Vinny, I'm telling you now, when the player come around. If the Seattle Seahawks team remains healthy and gets better week by week, they are going to be extremely dangerous. As for Arizona, they're another team that just, it's just not working. You know, there's some pieces there, but not enough. You know, their offense and defense aren't working together enough to get things done. Um, so it's a huge disappointment. And uh, we'll talk about them at a little bit more extent in one of our other segments. But if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, you certainly are disappointed with the way the things that played out. It does not look like they're going to make the playoffs. talked about the Rams and Buccaneers the Bucs are in better position to at least make the playoffs Vinny because of the division they're in they're in there with Atlanta Carolina and New Orleans and so with a four and five record a losing record uh they're at the top of the uh NFC South right now and so again neither one of those teams look good both of those teams have a ton of issues to work out but Tampa Bay in a little better situation than the Rams uh on Sunday night football we've seen our guy Patrick Mahomes just continue to be a great player and find ways to win football I I would say I appreciate that about him more than anything. He's just a winner. And when you're a winner, when you're somebody you talked about, if any, when problems occur, when issues occur, the leaders of the team, organization, of the household, of the church, of your business, whatever it is. That's what you're looking for, for somebody to step up in the leadership role and just find a way to get it done. It's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be cute. It's not always going to be 50 points, but he he just finds a way to get the job done. And that's what I'm saying. I think that bodes well in the locker room. I think that bodes well as far as leadership. So very tightly contested game. We see the Tennessee Titans again. Uh, You hate to say it, but we know there's a cap in their limit. Very tough defense. One of the best in the NFL. Derrick Henry, best pure running back in the NFL. Guy's an absolute monster, but they can't get it done passing the football. So that that recipe, we've seen it go only but so far. You can expect to see Tennessee in a playoff. You can expect to see Tennessee win their division if they can stay healthy. But at some point, it's just not enough with Derrick Henry in the defense. Until they can get things figured out with passing the football, they continue to run into a dead end. We know the Chiefs are a team. They've made four straight AFC championship games. They have the winning valor. They know how to win games. Everybody's confident. They, they never get two down. This is a team that's come down from being down 28 to zip in a playoff game. So the belief is there. They they just have a great team and organization. So they're definitely going to be in the thick of things. And then rounding it out, Vinny. Monday night football. You've seen the Baltimore Ravens knock off the Saints. We talked about the Saints, really limited by injuries. You know, this year, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry at wide receiver, both of those guys pretty much missing, you know, the last five games. So their offense has certainly ran into some problems. Uh, quarterback has been a little bit of a revolving door. I think if they were fully healthy with michael thomas and jarvis landry to go along with chris Olave. uh looks great as a rookie wide receiver we know alvin Kamara, one of the best in the business at running back the other disappointment for new orleans has been their defense their defense has underwhelmed this year they have not played as well as we expected they're another team that had a head coaching change so again some changing in the locker room we know sean payton will be in the hall of hall of fame one day obviously his voice and leadership was going to resonate a lot longer and, and and more cemented than their new head coach as for the ravens you have to be encouraged as well. Uh, defensively is where they're really standing up. The additions of Justin Houston, uh, they're another team before the trade deadline. Benny went out and got Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears. Their front seven is vicious. This this Ravens defense, if it can stay healthy, they're going to cause a lot of problems for teams in the NFL and AFC. Offensively, they've got to get healthy. They played without all pro tight end Mark Andrews. Second year wide receiver Rashad Bateman has continued to struggle with injuries. Running back J.K. Dobbin, a suffered an ACL injury last year, came back this year, suffered a setback, had to get knee surgery. He's back on the IR. Those are three vital pieces to that Baltimore offense. So when you look at the Ravens right now, when you look at quarterback Lamar Jackson, uh, don't base it on what you see. They have three key elements, three big playmakers on their offense that are out of the lineup right now. Nonetheless, able to get the victory. Their offensive line is mauling guys over. Lamar Jackson is another quarterback, plain and simple, knows how to win games. I would just say The thing I noticed more than anything, Vinny, to round out our segment was, unlike Josh Allen, unlike Patrick Mahomes, maybe a couple of the quarterbacks in the NFL that are escaping me right now, but if Lamar Jackson can improve his accuracy throwing the football on the run, that could be the thing that potentially pushes Baltimore over the top. Because if you think about Josh Allen, if you think about Patrick Mahomes, if you think about some of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, when pressure comes and they have to break outside of the pocket and throw on the run, and those guys who can do that accurately have a much better chance of moving ahead in the playoffs and Lamar Jackson missed some bad throws last night he's missed some in his career and so uh, I'm a fan of this guy I think all NFL fans are but again Vinny uh, the reason we're here on this show you know the reason I love coming to talk to you and your fans is because we we deal with reality and the reality of the situation is as great of a player as Lamar Jackson is that is a part of his game that he needs to work on if he plans on taking the Baltimore Ravens to the next level.
0: I agree. And you summed it up perfectly here on the Boochcast. We definitely deal in reality. And Lance, I uh, thank you for uh, bringing some reality uh, to the show this week. So uh, real quick, before we officially wrap this up, uh, let everybody know where they can uh, find you on social media.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the website is nflexporter.com. That's wwwnfl com. If you go to that website, all the great information for NFL. And especially if you play fantasy football, if you're somebody that's you know, gambles, you bet, you play the point spread, please visit that website. There's a ton of great information. Uh, I definitely help fantasy football owners and people uh, play some bets on these games. Uh, Great advice to offer you there. Also, I mentioned that website because it'll easily lead you to my social media. Right across the top of the page, you can click on the Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or YouTube handle. Click on it. It'll take you directly to my pages on Instagram. It's at UFCATL, Twitter, at NFL Exporter, Facebook forward slash nfl exporter lance goodman and don't forget to come out tonight come join me come join Vinny, city of atlanta we're calling you out we have a free party again that's at Foley warehouse 1356 uh english street atlanta georgia 30318 doors open at seven o'clock if you're here in atlanta come down we'll have the falcons and panthers game on over 40 tvs it's going to be a great time come and check me and Vinny out we look forward to seeing you there
0: absolutely and lance uh, once again thank you for joining us man we'll definitely talk to you next week
1: okay Benny thank you so much for having me on the show look forward to seeing you in a couple hours
0: all right you too brother all right and one more time ladies and gentlemen special thanks to the NFL exporter Lance Goodman for joining us this week and again make sure you join us tonight at the ultimate football club Atlanta event taking place at the Folling Warehouse located at 1356 English Street Northwest Atlanta Georgia 30318 again that address is 1356 English Street Northwest West, atlanta georgia 30318 the event will go from 7 p.m to midnight and we will be seeing the atlanta falcons take on the carolina panthers so come on down and join us as we see the falcons rise up and of course make sure you guys follow the booch cast. we are on anchor spotify Google Podcast and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash TheBoochCast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. You can check out our latest episode, The Male Soap Opera Moment, where Wens and I gave our predictions for WWE Crown Jewel. Also, be on the lookout next week for the recap of WWE Crown Jewel that I'll be doing with the Wens on the The BoochCast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The BoochCast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And of course, be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Check out our latest episode of BoochCast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring, which will be covering the steroid trials that's going to drop today at 3 p.m. That's also going to be be revealing a huge announcement regarding four special projects that will be coming to the YouTube channel very soon. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th at 8 p.m. for the WWE Survivor Series. That's right. We're going to be getting together for the Survivor Series. As for the first time on the main roster, WWE will be presenting War Games. They're already getting the female War Games match already set up. God only knows what they're going to do for the men's War Games, but all I know is we will be together live on Twitch for this big event. Make sure you guys join us. Follow us now so you can be notified on when we in live. And of course, we also have our D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project that we have in the works. Also, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. Our first level is our basic level, which is uh, $0.99 cents, $1 per month. Just $1. That's all you need. Uh, our second level is forty-nine. 9 dollars $5 per month. And the third and final level is a mere 9 dollars $10 per month. And all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And until next time, this is Vinny bucci a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! <laughs>